open my spirit to you this morning, Father, to fellowship with you this morning, Jesus. I open my eyes to you, Father. Open our understanding to you this morning, Jesus. Lord, we don't take this time for granted, Jesus. You are here with us this morning, God. You desire fellowship with us this morning, Jesus. Relationship with you, God. I'm not here out of duty. I'm not here out of obligation this morning. I'm here to fellowship you this morning. To receive a word from you this morning, Father. So that I can apply it to my life today. So that there would be clear sound. There would be clear direction this morning. In your word, Father. In your word. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I praise you and exalt you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's hand praise him. Let's give him a hand praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, you are worthy. Lord, you are worthy. I praise you this morning. I praise you with my lips this morning, Jesus. I worship you with my spirit this morning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. worship you in this place, oh God. We give you all of our heart in this place, oh Lord, for you are worthy of all I can give, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, hear our cry. Be lifted high in this place. Lord, we want you. No one else will do in this place. Can we all sing that today? Hear our cry. Lord, hear our cry. Be lifted high. In this place, Lord, we want you. Lord, we want you. No one else will do in this place. Chains are broken, eyes are opened, miracles are. In this place, hearts are mended, grace extended, miracles are in this place. Chains are broken, chains are broken, eyes are opened, miracles are in this place. Hearts are mended, grace extended, miracles are in this place. Miracle can happen, a miracle can happen, a miracle can happen in this 
With Jesus, with Jesus, it will happen. With Jesus, it will happen. With Jesus, it will happen in this place. Chains are broken, chains are broken, eyes are opened, miracles are in this place, hearts are mended. Grace extended, miracles are in this place. Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. I believe a miracle will happen in this place. Jesus, pray, let it be done. He tie it home. Jesus, he tie it 
Jesus, you are worthy of my praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's only one God who reigns, and there's only one God who loves us, only one worthy of praise, Jesus. And there's only one name that saves, and there's only one name that frees us, only one name with all power. Jesus, all of my heart, all my devotion is yours. Let your matchless name be exalted in all of the earth. And I will lift up the name of the one who is worthy of praise i adore you you are worthy god jesus and jesus i will declare to the nations the only name that can save us you are worthy god i will lift up and i will Lift up the name of the one who is worthy of praise. I adore you. You are worthy, God. Jesus, I will declare to the nations the only name that can save us. You are worthy, God. There's only one God. There's only one God who reigns. There's only one God who loves us. Only one worthy of praise. Jesus. There's only one name that saves. There's only one name that frees us, only one name with all power, 
Jesus. And all of my heart, all my devotion is yours. Let your matchless name be exalted in all of the earth. Oh, I will, and I will lift up the name of the one who is worthy of praise. I adore you. You are worthy, God, Jesus, and Jesus. I will declare to the nations the only name that can save us. You are worthy, God. Only one God, only one name. Only one God, only one name, Jesus. Only one God, only one God, only one name. Jesus, one God, one faith, one God, one faith, one baptism in the name, Jesus, one God, one faith, one God, one faith, one baptism in the name, Jesus, oh, one God, one God, one faith, one baptism in the name, Jesus, one God, one faith. One God, one faith, one baptism in the name, Jesus, only one God, only one God, only one name, Jesus, only one, only one God, only one name, Jesus, one God, one faith, one God, one faith, one baptism in the name. Jesus, one God, one faith, one baptism in the name, Jesus, and I will lift up, and I will lift up the name of the one who is worthy of praise, I adore you, you are worthy, God. Jesus, I will declare to the nations the only name that can save us. You are worthy, God. Only one God. Only one God. Only one name. Jesus. Only one. Only one God. Only one name, Jesus. One God, one faith. One God, one faith. One baptism in the name, Jesus. One God, one faith. One baptism in the name, Jesus. And I will, and I will lift up the name of the one who is worthy of praise, I adore you. You are worthy, God, Jesus. And Jesus, I will declare to the nations the only name that can save us. 
in the name of Jesus. We exalt you, Lord. We worship you, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You may all be seated. Amen. We're going to pick up our tithes and offerings. Anytime my I'm alone and I spend time with the Lord. The Lord has a way of always revealing, guiding, and directing my paths. But only when we're in that place, when we're led by His Spirit, when we're seeking Him. Amen. Leviticus. Chapter uh, 27, verse 30. I want to read to you something here. It's important what he wanted the people to know. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. We try to control so much of our lives. Issues, problems. But we have to understand one thing that he's in control. He's the one that yields the fruit. He's the one that gives unto you. He's the one that gives blessing. It's only him. We got to know that and understand that. Can I ask two ushers to come forward? I want to give back unto the Lord what is his. It's already his. He's provided it for you. He's the one that puts the blessing in your hand. But you have to be led of his spirit. Where am I going to place it? Where am I going to put it? Lord, where do you desire for me to place it? He yielded it. 
Let us all stand. Let us pray. Father, Lord, the fruit that you have given us, the increase that comes from you, Lord God, we know that we cannot produce it, Father. You are the one that produces it, Lord. We have no power. Hallelujah. But you have the power. We ask it in your name, Lord God, that you would bless these tithes and offerings, Lord God, of your people that give back to you, Lord God. Because you are the source, Lord God, of our blessing. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. You are our provider, Father, we worship you. Ushers, go forth. Worship and praise him this morning. Know what he's given unto you. Acknowledge that. Seek him. The Bible says they that are led of the spirit are the sons of God. We are his children. We should be led of his spirit and know, Father, you, you provide. Come on, lift up your praise and worship. Praise God. Can we lift our voices and hands to the Lord one more time? God, we exalt you this morning. We thank you for the presence and the power of the name of Jesus, that you would manifest your presence, the living God. We worship you. We worship you. You are holy and worthy of our worship today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I'm thankful for the goodness of the Lord. Amen. He maketh rich and add no sorrow. That's what the scripture teaches us. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated if you'd like to this morning. I'm going to dismiss teachers to their classroom. Then children ages 4 to 11 will dismiss you to class downstairs. Children ages 4 through 11, thank you for leading us in worship this morning. Praise God. If you're a guest, we're honored that you're here today. Amen. A very familiar scripture says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. We rejoice because we recognize the Lord made the day. Not because everything in the day goes our way. We rejoice because we know the Lord made the day. And so our desire is to walk in his purpose for the day. Find his will and walk and live in his will for the day. Not my will for the day. His will for the day. Amen. This is the design and the desire of God. Amen. Uh, just quickly, uh, all young people, next Saturday, 3 o'clock. Next Saturday, 3 o'clock, youth and hyphen, there will be a, a, a joint service um, in Union Gap. Brother uh, and Sister Jeremy and Lindsay Casa will be there ministering uh, at the Life Church location in Union Gap with Elder and Sister Flowers. So plan on that, 3 o'clock. Next Saturday, 
and uh, it will be a tremendous time of fellowship following ministry as well. So it will be a great time. Amen. God bless you. I'm asking Bishop to come. Open your heart and spirit today. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here today. I've surely enjoyed watching online the videos of the uh, financial stewardship seminar. And uh, if you've not been able to um, check those out, please take the time. Amen. Very rich teaching. <clears throat> I'd like to read a scripture to you. In the book of Matthew, the 12th chapter, at verse 46, while he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without. This is talking of Jesus, of course. Desiring to speak with him. Then one said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with you. But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother? That's a strange question and response. And who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. What an interesting dialogue. If you were standing there in the midst and listening and watching and observing, it might be a little confusing. But Jesus is revealing here a dynamic in relationship. There is a natural relationship. We all know that relationship. There is a natural bond in the natural relationship. But what the Lord Jesus is revealing to us in this particular conversation and dialogue is that from his perspective, there is... I'm going to say a deeper relationship. Now, until an individual experiences this type of relationship, that's confusing. Wait a minute. There is no tighter bond between my parent and I, my brother, my sibling, you know, their family. We are blood. But the Lord reveals to us there is, from his perspective, a deeper relationship. Now, I'm going to, uh, I want to just talk with you for a little bit here and share some dynamics about this. 
Um, we're all human. We have blood flowing through our veins, keeps us alive. We have human emotions and feelings, senses, and that's, that's what declares our humanity. We know that there are spiritual principles given in the Word of God that talk about coming to the end of self. Not the end of life necessarily, but figuratively, he that would lose his life for my sake, then he shall find it. Now, that doesn't mean I need to get shot or be a martyr and hang on a cross or, you know, commit Harry Carey. But there is a, a, a principle shared here that in the dynamic of my humanity, when my humanity becomes weaker intentionally, then my spiritual can become stronger. Uh, if you mortify the deeds of the flesh, the Bible teaches mortify the deeds of the flesh that the spirit might live. So, so we know through actions of denial, if any man would pick up his cross, deny himself, follow me, he was heading to a crucifixion. And so we know that there is a way of life. There is a, a walk to pursue in him that will begin to curtail the appetite of my flesh that will curtail the, the, the surrendering to the will of my flesh, those things I want, those things I desire. I'll find myself wanting less, desiring less of those things that appease the appetite of the flesh. And so this should then open me up to a greater leading of God's Spirit. In reference to this particular conversation, it would almost lead me to believe that I can come to a place that the natural relationships direct my life less. Now, that's going to be hard for a grandparent to believe. That that's possible. Now, if you've not entered that realm yet, then you don't even understand what I'm talking about yet. There is a bond between a, if you ever, how do I word this? Uh, you know, there's a bond between baby and mother. And you can observe it. You can never know it until you've experienced it, I guess. But then I'm never going to experience that. So I observe from a distance, but I'm closely related in the scenario, and so I, I feel, I experience, and those are natural bonds and experiences in relationship. Now, I have observed individuals that that is the driving force in everything a person does and lives. It is the dominator in their life. Even in situations where maybe God is trying to lead an individual by his spirit. A, a spirit-filled believer 
following the leading of the Lord can be interrupted because of the, the dominance of the human relationships. I want to be led of God. I want to be surrendered wholly to him. But in the same token, I'm human. But there's times when I've got to keep the humanity in check so that I can be led of God's spirit. Now, it's not a complete trade-off. You don't have to give up and surrender and become non-person to your family. But I'm not going to deny what Jesus just said in the Scripture about something that he was trying to express that he may acknowledge his mother and brethren were outside and wanting to talk with him, but he was taking the moment to declare, these are my brothers, my mother, my sister, my siblings, these that do the will of my father. Therefore, those leading, those being led of God's spirit, those who have begin to walk spiritually in their lives, there is a tight bond and relationship and agreement. It is spiritual agreement. It is a spiritual affinity and relationship. We being surrendered to God be brethren. But our interactivity is not based on the human level. You are a friendly individual, and I would consider you a friend. But our relationship here and in much of our activity in the kingdom is not built on friendship. It is built on spiritual relationship. If I lost you, run really quick and catch up. I'm in the middle of a situation, an experience, and a dynamic that I'm uh, only willing to follow. I don't know what the end is. I can declare to you steps along the way, but I can only, I can only share that I feel the leading in, of the Lord, the leading of the Lord. Now... I want to share some dynamics with you about this. Now, in my sharing, faith comes by hearing the word of the Lord. Okay, now you can take that as if I read to you some scriptures out of the Bible. It will increase your faith. That does happen and that will happen. People have testified to me in an open meeting, not to me. They were testifying to the group. But I was hearing the voice of the Lord talking to me. So in our, you know, we know that uh, the scripture bears out, you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me. I would tell you this morning as I reached out the window to the barista. 
there was something that this individual was encountering that they weren't, un- they weren't sure of. Now, I could just tell by the look in their eye. Now, I didn't want to look too long. That would be awkward. But I could just tell, and I took my coffee, and I drove away, just musing over the situation that just happened. I don't know the questions the individual was dealing with. I don't know what was passing through their mind as they looked and awkwardly wondered, what is this experience I'm having handing this coffee out this window? Now, we have the spirit of witness prevailing in our lives, being filled with the Holy Ghost, right? Now, so I have learned to listen. Sure, I want to hear your story. I want to hear your entertaining story. And as you witness to me, but I'm listening for a voice. I'm listening for that which God would declare to me while you're talking. I experienced this years ago about our building situation. Heard three different individuals sharing stories while they were ministering that while they were sharing, I heard the voice of the Lord. Assure to me he was going to make a provision, and he did this. And so over time, he provided buildings. Now, I don't have time to... We don't need to talk about all that and the background of all that. But the principle is, I'm listening for his voice. We develop a sensitivity to hear after him. Let's pray for a minute here. Father, we sit here surrendered to you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we wait upon you, we trust you, we believe you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're thankful to you, we trust you. In Jesus' name. So, I'm going to share some things with you in story form. And I'm encouraging you to... Listen for the voice of the Father. In other words, no matter what I'm saying, there may be peace in part that to you will become emphasized and you can receive faith for your situation, whatever it is, whatever it's speaking to, okay? You can receive faith. Because you hear the words of the Lord to you. Now, I'm going to go back just in brief that my parents divorced when I was five. And we returned from Germany. We were there for three years. And uh, so we went on through life. My dad went to Vietnam for several years. We went to New Jersey because my mother married uh, another man, and we moved to New Jersey. So my childhood, right up to my freshman year of high school, I lived in New Jersey. 
And then in my sophomore year, they divorced, and we would return to Yakima, Washington. Now, I guess it's been about 10 years ago, I received a phone call. They said my dad was in the fourth stages of pancreatic cancer. They only gave him a short time to live. I immediately bought an airline ticket and got on the plane and flew back to New Jersey because he followed us where we were. So he was living in the state of New Jersey. And so I knocked on the door unannounced. And my stepmother, Ali, who's Ukrainian, opened the door and said, oh, Larry. And my dad, I heard him sigh. He was laying on the couch in the other room. It wasn't a positive sigh. It was a negative sigh. And he, when he saw me, he said, what are you doing here? I said, well, I heard you were sick, and I came to be with you. He stared at the ceiling. He was upset, laying on the couch. Didn't even want to look at me. I sat in a chair across the room and uh, didn't say anything. And then finally I said something. What have you been thinking about, Dad? And he turned to me in anger and said, I don't want your stuff. I said, Dad, I just came here to be your son. And he didn't speak. He didn't hardly speak for the next 10 days as other people began to fly in because they knew it was going to be his last days. And so we went to Mount Holly Hospital, and it was there after, I think, two days that he passed away. Um, My stepmother would eventually remarry. She married a, a, it was actually an acquaintance of my dad's. He was a fighter pilot in Vietnam and then an international captain with TWA, but he still flew planes for the National Guard, okay? So there were a lot of guard guys that would come to the house. They were all fighter pilots, all had fighter pilot mentality, pretty supreme, sort of pretty superior. But uh, anyhow, um, so Ollie marries this other pilot who's uh, quite a bit older, and uh, her, his wife had passed from cancer years ago. Now, I, I don't have time to tell you all the details, and they're not all that important, okay? But when I first met him, Ernest, this new husband, It was when I drove back to South Dakota to do my brother's wedding, my youngest brother's wedding. And when I met Ernest, I think he'd already had a few. And so he was slurring. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And uh, as time would pass on, I wasn't sure if his slow speech had anything to do with alcohol. But it was the way he communicated. Of course, I would learn later, he's 92 years old. Now, when you say 92, you think, you know, nursing home, 
bedridden, you know, somebody feeding. But it's not the case. He's a healthy man. Now, he's not, doesn't look like a sorrow by any means. But uh, he is capable. He, he walks fine, and he can talk, and he's intelligent. And he's been a part of a religious group all of his life long, since childhood. And he got a burden at one time to begin to start paying for wells to be drilled in Kenya, in Africa. He began to make trips over there. And so his life has been all about this church faith and these wells in Africa. And so he's always wanting to tell me about them. And I'm willing to listen and hear about them and getting to know him a little bit, but I really don't know him. Because my mother, my stepmother is now married to somebody else, she's not my stepmother anymore. But when you've, you know, had the relationship over the years, I find it respectful just to refer to her as my stepmother. And now she's married to another man. And so the relationship is seeming more distant away. Now, interesting things are happening. There were seasons of prayer that I've given for my siblings. And they were with passion. They were sometimes with tears. I've prayed for my my mother, my father already being passed, and uh, they are what they are. And I've had opportunity to witness and did in each situation. And, you know, we, we realize people make their own choices and decisions. Okay. And so it, it, was, it was mainly out of uh, convenience that I was there. I was in their company. I would open my mouth. I would share. I would testify to whatever degree. Recently, they have always, Ollie and Ernest have always asked us, come on the 4th of July, and uh, we have a picnic for fighter pilots. Please come and be there and, you know. Well, we were picking cherries every year on the 4th of July, so we could never make it. Well, we pulled our trees out. And I said to my wife, well, I'll go back. One of the trips to Italy that we made, on the return back, we said to them, we're going to stop by in New Jersey, come by and see you and all that, you know. Some things happened last time. I had to send a text and say I couldn't, we're not coming, can't come. And she stopped talking. And I thought, wow, she's upset. She's mad, and I don't blame her. And so I have felt bad. Well, this year, she called and said, do you want your dad's truck? I, I know that I may have shared some of this here already, but she called and said, do you want your dad's truck? And I said, yeah. She says, you'll have to come out and get it. Drive it back. All right. We'll make the arrangement. I said to my wife, let's go around the 4th of July so we can go to that picnic that they've invited us to, and then we'll drive the truck back. We made the arrangements, got the tickets, flew out. We were there for a week. 
serving in the picnic. Now, this is when I begin to understand a little bit about their dynamic. Number one, at their picnic, which was mostly their church, not fighter pilots. There was four fighter pilots. I sat at that table. And it was their church. But what I didn't realize was is they set up a hard liquor bar at their barbecues. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. And I observed the people coming, going. I observed the leadership of the church, the pastor and his wife. Just observed. And we were kind of in the background, my wife and I, just helping. And, uh, it, you know, it was enduring. And there was no open door for any kind of exchange that we're so used to everywhere we go. And by the end, it's like, And but when we left, we knew we were supposed to go. When you take account of the things that you get involved in because you, number one, you got a piece to do it. You feel the leading of the Lord in it. Never forget that. Never forget the resolve that comes to you before you head off into a direction. Because when, you, you know, Jesus said, look, get in the boat. We're going to the other side. And then the storm came. Then everybody's in question. What are we doing out here? And don't you even care? Of course he cares. Because when they got to the other side, they were exactly where Jesus said they were going. Now, our mind goes to work whenever something is initiated with us and we feel the leading of the Lord to get involved with either some people, somebody, say something, conversation, a place, a reunion. I don't care what it is. There's dynamics that take place at times that will oppose the very thing that you felt like God was doing. Now, again, our mind goes to work and we run ahead of God. Not knowing the beginning from the end. So here we are. We're there. We're in the last days. My wife finally gets, she wants to go home. And so I said, okay, let's get you, you know, change your ticket. You can go home a day early. I got to stay and handle this truck situation, which, by the way, had a bad transmission. Now, I'm going out there with a one-way ticket because I'm going to drive it back. So now that changes. Transmission's bad, and I say to Ollie, I, I just, I don't have peace with anybody spending more money on this truck. And so she hears me out, but then she says, well, I'll tell you my gut feeling. That you need to have your dad's truck, and I'm going to put a transmission in it. So anyway, the course is established. So now here we are at the end of a sacrificed week across the country, and it doesn't seem like anything's playing out like we anticipated, including the truck situation. No witness, no nothing, just a bunch of booze at a barbecue. And so I was standing in my dad's house the last day, 
Ernest had already said to me the night before, I want to take you to the airport. Okay. And that morning as I'm packing, I am waiting on the Lord. And I know I'm about to go to my last encounter with an individual, the ride to the airport, with a 92-year-old man. I'm hoping his ticker's doing good going down the freeway. And I asked the Lord, would you really do this? Would you send me out here to have a conversation at the very last with this 92-year-old man who's about ready to Listen to me. God sees a soul. He sees a soul. He doesn't see what I see. And I'm not my own. I work for him. I'm on his clock. I'm not on my own clock. I'm on his clock. Now, again, that whole process of coming to the end of self is the very thing that can liberate me from being bound by my clock, my wants, my desires. I'd rather spend a week with my grandkids. I'm off across the country with this group of people I really don't know. I'm not my own. So, I accept the fact that very likely this is the reason why I've come. It's for this 92-year-old man that I, I don't even hardly know. And so, I go over to their place, and he, we talk for a little bit, and and uh, things move in a good direction, sitting there on the couch in the house, and, and then it's time to go. He says, let's go to, let me buy you lunch before we go. And so we go over to this Irish pub or something, and we sit down to have lunch, and I'm telling you, it opens up. And from Acts 1 to Acts 2 to Acts 8 to Acts 9 to Acts 10 to Acts, man, I don't know where I stopped. I just kept going, and he kept saying, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And I thought, I, I am blown away. Because of the liberty that I had sitting there at the table and the unction of the Holy Ghost that just continued to flow and flow and flow. And I'm thinking, my Lord, he really would do this. He did this. Okay, so what about all the other stuff? What about the truck? What about the transmission? What am I, you know, I had to get another ticket and fly home. Now this trip has gotten really expensive, but... It's not my money. Yes, it passed through our checking account. It's not my money. So I finally get on a plane and I'm ready for a four and a half hour flight. Turns into almost 24 hours. 
sitting on the tarmac. I sat on the tarmac I'm th- for 30 minutes. I'm thinking, man, I'm glad this isn't like it was in Chicago. We sat on the tarmac for four, for four hours. Well, 30 minutes turned into four hours. Twice. Went back to the gate, got refueled because we didn't have enough. Back out on the tarmac, another four hours. Then they said, we're going to reroute you. I'm going to send you down to, I don't even know where we went. Phoenix. Went to Phoenix. Anyway, ended up, oh, my goodness. I don't remember what I got in. Two or three in the morning, some crazy deal. Okay, so apparently whatever took place was passed. Ollie said she would ship the truck out once it got fixed. Well, I got a call, I don't know, a week or so ago, and she said the truck is fixed. Planned another trip to come out. I didn't even bring up the fact she said she'd ship it. Wow. Okay, let me see what I can do. So I get a ticket for August the fir- or October the 1st. I'm planning to go. I get up the other morning. Now I've been following Brother Mark Harris on Facebook. Remember who Mark Harris is? Evangelist Mark Harris was here one night. Him and his wife, remember them? Had him in Puyallup, had him over here. And I and they came out to our home and I realized God is using this man very uniquely. And so we have begun to help them and support them. I see a post says they're in New Jersey. It said the town, so I looked it up real quick. Ooh, right outside of Philadelphia, about 35, 40 minutes from Ollie's house. Okay, so now here's what I got to do. I got to process this and make sure this isn't me. I know what I'm feeling. I got to make sure this isn't me feeling. Now, I, I, I got through the process, and I reached out to Brother Harris, and I said, Brother Harris, if I could arrange it, would you like to have dinner tonight at some friend's house? And he said, I don't remember what he said. <laughs> I reached out, and I talked to Ollie and Ernest. And they said, that would be wonderful. We would love to have them. So last night, Brother and Sister Harris went to Ollie and Ernest's home, spent a couple of hours, and had dinner. Now, I'm sitting in my chair waiting for the report. I prayed. I I preceded it with prayer. Mark Harris sent one text and said, something's up. We need to pray that it comes down. I'm praying. So they go, and I'm waiting for the report. Finally, the phone rings, and he tells me kind of how it went. 
It was Ernest that opened up the, the conversation sitting in the living room before we ate. And, you know, he said this and I said this. And we went, you know, here and there and talked about the book of Acts again. And, you know, and then they had dinner. He said, we prayed. I prayed just for them in the house and, you know, and we left. Okay. So. At what point do you measure a thing? Was this a success? Was this not a success? Did it go the way you thought? Did, did God have his way in the situation? At what point do you measure a thing? I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to tell you how I'm measuring. How many knows that I go to bed by 8 o'clock? I'm an early riser. When 8, 8.30 comes, what time is it? It's 8.25. Oh, no, I'm not going to make it. And when I hit the pillow, bam. That's me in the natural. That's me in the natural. You know what happened last night? I was in a vigil of spiritual prayer until 1 o'clock this morning. So what's that tell me? That was by his empowerment. That is according to his purpose. That's how I measure a thing. The involvement in what God engages me in the spirit towards a matter gives me indication. This is my hand at work. Don't judge a thing before it's time. I have sent you there. The outcome it's not dependent on you. It's not for you. You work for me. Now, my faith as I continued in prayer through the night, and I'm talking about even when I got on the bed. My spirit was wide awake. I was completely alert. And every time there was an utterance that came, I yielded and gave way. And I'm sure the dogs and the neighbors could hear me. It's a good thing my wife went over to spend a day with the grandkids. I don't know how that would have played out. But with an empty house and me and God and waiting upon him. Here's, here's what I'm I'm wanting you to hear in all of this. There are going to be times, if there hasn't been already, that you begin to realize it is the Holy Ghost that has engaged you. This isn't your idea. This isn't what you wish for. Now, I guess here's, here's something I wanted to say to you. I haven't gave this much attention spiritually to my family, my siblings, my mother. Now, I give familial attention, and by the leading of the Lord, I would follow. What I'm saying to you is 
It's like God has chose the most abstract individual and person within the relationships of my family, and this is where his attention is focused right now. I cannot be drawn by my own humanity to say either yes, Lord, or no, Lord. I can't give all of his time this attention to this matter when my family need me. Now, I'm not talking about shirking responsibility here. But we have to be free enough from the demands of our humanity that we can truly go be sent, give time when called on to do so. I don't know where this is all headed, but I know I'm in the will of God. I know I'll be there on October the 1st. I know what I have seen. I'm saying these things to you for your benefit because you have your own scenario. You have your own situations, whether they are people on the job, people in your neighborhood, people in your family. God wants to use us as vessels. And sometimes the, the depth of participation is in Praying, praying spiritually, availing ourselves and being available to intercession when it comes for people, whether we know them, whether we understand them, and sometimes whether we even like them. God is the, or, the initiator. And he is the origin of our spiritual experience. So when we begin to cooperate in the spirit, we can have certainty. This is the hand of God. This is the will of God. He is performing his will. He is meeting out some situation. Therefore, I must stay engaged. I have more faith for situations like that than things that I desire to see to come to pass. There's things I want for people. There's things I wish for, I hope for. But I find greater faith in the things that I know he has engaged me in. Just stand with me. The dynamic of our world has so dramatically changed. The things that we are going to see in, in moments ahead, the things that we will participate in individuals, with individuals, with 
peoples. I don't believe we'll even in appearance look like what we have seen in the past. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the appearance of the people. But in the scenarios, how they play out. In how God intends to use the body. Believers, that's us. The body of Christ. How he will use us. Where he will use us. There was a day when everybody aspired to just go to an assembly. You know, become a Sunday school teacher. Become a song leader. Be, you know, because this has been the framework of what we have understood. This is what has been called church. I am fully persuaded that since the day he uttered it, when Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, he has been at work. He has been building his church in the earth. In the dispensation of the fullness of time, Jesus is going to gather together all things in one unto himself. This is when we will see on the face, this is the church. Would you begin to pray with me? Yield yourself to the Holy Ghost. Help me to know my place, Father. Help me to know my place, Father. In the name of Jesus. Daily, the losing of myself and those things in my humanity that haunt me, that bind me. Let there be a loosing, I pray. Let there be a loosing, I pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Every living word prevailing, Father. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Each one submitted to the purpose of God. Each one submitted to your divine purpose and plan. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The, I, usually my family hears things before you do in terms of where the Lord is stirring things in my heart and life. They usually get to hear something two or three times as God is dealing with my heart about it. Um, I, 
I could take a lot of time. I'm going to do my best not to here this morning. I was expressing to my son this morning the things the Lord is doing in the body. Not anything specific, but I said I, I look at how the Lord is working in the body as an indicator of what he's doing. We are the body of Christ. And so I reflect on doors that I see opening to different individuals or families that I learn about through a conversation or somewhere where I know you're involved and you say, hey, pray with me or some testimony that's shared. And I witness these engagements and involvements that God has brought to you to be involved in. A conversation this morning about a man named CJ. I think about an apartment complex where the Lord is opening a door for a Bible study. I've had conversations with individuals about a friend that was released from prison, Tony. I've been praying. These things stay in my spirit, not because, oh, I'm going to make sure I know that name. I want to pray for that name, but bears witness in my spirit. Okay, God's opened a door to this individual. He's using the body in this way. I remember a few weeks ago when Sister Mary and Brother Juan, right back there below the screen, began to talk to me about Amber reaching out about a Bible study about baptism. I remember that. We're going to baptize Amber today down at the river after service. And I remember the witness that bore in my spirit and the prayers that we began to pray. Not, Not, okay, I need to add this name to my list. You understand what the Holy Ghost is declaring to. Not, oh, that's a name. Tell me the name again. Let me write it down. No, but the spirit bearing witness with our spirit in the body of Christ where we're connected, the family of God. I remember Rigo and Denise talking about a man coming with the insurance because their house flooded. Jamie or Jaime, however way you say his name, it's still there. Why? Because there was a witness of the spirit with him. And the statement that he made came back to my spirit today that Sister Denise mentioned that man making in her house. He said, when I'm in your home, I feel like family. And Sister Denise made the statement to me. She said, wait till you meet the rest of the family. There's... See, these things are significant. We recognize something's happening. What is the Lord doing? He said, I'm going to add to the body. I'm going to add to the family. you got brothers and sisters that are not yet in the fold. Sheep, not yet in the fold. Them also I must bring. How will he bring them? Jesus will go and get them as a shepherd and bring them. Who is the body of Christ? We are. We are sheep, but collectively we are the body. And so we become his hands and feet. I know that's sort of cliche sometimes in the earth. But he's given you connections. We need this awareness that the Holy Ghost has been talking to us about this morning. An awareness. Hold on. that Brother Juan, that interaction with Tony, you've got to follow through on these things. We've got to be aware of these things and follow through. You say, well, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to do. I tell you what you do. You just engage. But I don't know what I'm going to say. Take no thought for the word you're going to speak. For in that moment, the Holy Spirit will give you words, Jesus said. This is a quickening of the Spirit of God in your life. And so we step in faith. We step in faith. Sabrina, I remember sitting at Jerry's birthday party, sitting there and just talking with you for just a few minutes. 
I don't remember what we talked about, but I recognize in the Holy Ghost, God's working in this heart. God's reaching in this life. God's doing something here. And so we begin praying. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord reveals I'm engaging a life that I want to do a work in. And so we become sensitive to these things. And sometimes these things will be inconvenient. That's what Bishop's talking about. Inconvenient. Ah, man, I just, ah, you know, I planned to do this. Let me check my calendar. Hear me. There needs to be a recognition that says, you know what? Let me change my calendar. I identify the Holy Ghost is involving me here. The Holy Ghost is wanting me to be involved here. And so the Holy Ghost dictates to me when I yield to his spirit, I allow him to dictate to not like a thumb on you, dictator, but you understand. The Holy Ghost directs my life. And I engage and involve. This is what the Lord's been dealing with me about the last two days. This is the only way I know to express it, the way it came to me. The Lord has been telling me, I'm getting ready to break things open. If the body's willing to engage. And so there is a work that is happening. I'm just going to tell you right now, come Thursday night, the Lord in Scripture, the way he's been dealing with me about the church in Acts, we're going to talk about things I've never talked about before in the church. We're going to talk about problems in the church. It's in the book of Acts. Why are we going to talk about it? I'll tell you why. Now, if you're getting nervous and you're going, hold on, is he getting ready to air me out or something? No, 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 no. We're going to talk from the Scripture about problems in the church. Why? Because we'll get a recognition, ah, these things will come. But they can't distract us from the purpose of the church. And all the, I've seen all these problems that the church had. Did you know the Bible in Acts is full of problems that the church had? I don't know why I've just read through them before. They're there. And guess what? They were with people. But the Lord, I believe, is showing me because he's saying, I'm getting ready to do this. And these things are going to come. You can't be distracted by them. Just know they'll come. Recognize it's part of the church. It's part of the multiplying and the adding to the body that he will do. And so we need a recognition. And God help us engage. Would you say that with me? Engage. Now, would you begin to talk to the Lord before we transition here and say, if you're willing, God, I will engage where your spirit leads me. Now, don't declare that if you don't mean it from your heart. But God, where you lead me, I will engage by your spirit directing, by your spirit instructing. I will engage the soul. I will engage the individual. I'll allow myself to be, dare I call it this, Lord, inconvenienced for your purpose, for your plan, for your will, for your design. There is a cry going up from our valleys and from the earth. Lord, I will respond to your spirit leading me to the cry of the vessel. I'll respond to your spirit leading me to the hungry heart. I'll respond to your spirit taking me to a place of prayer in the midnight hour. I'll respond to your spirit waking me early in the morning. Whatever you would ask God by your grace, I'll yield to the leading of your spirit that your will and your work would be done. In the name of Jesus, 
In the name of Jesus. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. As sure as the Spirit of God will lead us in places to engage, He will lead us in areas where we should not engage or where we should disengage. When Bishop read those scriptures, he talked about our human element that, you know, these things where our human element wants to see something. And there's this idea, man, if I don't reach, nobody will. Either he's God or he's not. And there's some things that out of my human compassion, not his spirit leading, my human compassion, I'll give more time, energy, effort, and attention to, and therefore I don't have the time and energy to engage where God is trying to engage me. We need the wisdom of God on where to engage and where to disengage. I don't know why it comes back to my mind. I remember some time back in the past, uh, Brother Zario and Sister Priscilla were teaching a Bible study to a group of people down off of, uh, it doesn't matter where it was, but they were teaching a Bible study. And I had went and visited a time or two, as we often do, and the Lord was doing work at times. But there came a point where I sat with him. I said, you know what? I think you're done. Were we cutting people off? Lord, no. But seed had been sown. Now people had a responsibility to respond to the seed. And we couldn't just keep engaging week after week after week after week. God had... God needed them in Moxie where something's happening there and there's, and there's a work. And so they had to be disengaged from one to re-engage in another where the spirit would lead. We got to recognize, you know what? So it doesn't take long to realize, you know what? I'm investing a ton of time, but there's no flow of the spirit any longer. And you can tell the difference. This is important for where we are. I believe that throughout this morning we've been receiving the Lord's been talking to me. I trust he's been talking to you. If the Holy Ghost, while the Lord was ministering through Bishop, was quickening names to your mind, encounters to your mind, he used the word scenarios to your mind, I would not dismiss that. I would give time to prayer. I'd seek to engage with those people. You can't force it. But I would seek to do so and be led of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Praise God. Are you glad you've come to the house of the Lord today? I feel the witness of the Holy Ghost. So you see what the Holy Ghost is doing? He's doing a shift. He said, it's not going to be all about you. I'm going to use you to reach. Amen? This is the purpose of the body. What a beautiful day it is today. Amen? We are going to baptize Sabrina in the beautiful name of Jesus Christ today. Amen? And so I'm excited about that. And then... Right after that, we're going to transition from here. We're going to drive about 10 minutes down the road or so. Amber said, she, I want to be. She said, could I get baptized in the river? I just want to be. And I'm like, let's do it. And so, so we're going to do that. We're going to do two baptisms today. We're going to do one right here uh, before we leave today. 
And then for those that would like, we're going to leave and we're going to go with Amber and those. We're going to drive right down the road here uh, past Sundown Ranch. You go to Rosa Campground right there. We're going to go right there and we're going to baptize her in the river. Amen. Thank God for sunshine. Amen. Somebody, somebody said to me, boy, it's going to be cold. I said, you're not getting in, are you? <laughs> well, thanks for the concerns. Amen. It's going to be a beautiful thing. It's going to be a beautiful thing this morning here. Amen. You can be seated or you can be dismissed if you need to go. I want to share just a couple of things as Sabrina is going with Sister Yesenia and them and getting ready. Amen. Let me share just a couple of things quickly that's important. As we baptize today here and in the river, we will baptize the only way anyone in the Bible was ever baptized. I want that to sink in. As we baptize Sabrina and Amber today, we will baptize them the only way anyone in the Bible was ever baptized. In the Bible, they didn't take someone beside a pot of water and throw water over their heads. That wasn't baptism. The very word baptism means to bury or to submerge. To put under. Paul said, We are buried with Jesus Christ through baptism. So we will bury them. That's why we take them and put them underwater. We will bury them in baptism. This is the fulfillment of the scriptures that teaches us to be baptized. People stood before Peter and said, and the other apostles, and said, men and brethren, what should we do? Peter said, you need to repent. You need to turn direction from where you're going, and you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And then he gave a promise, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We find in Acts chapter 8, the people had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. We find in Acts chapter 10, we have a situation with Cornelius and his family. It was like Amber, Cornelius and them already received the Holy Ghost. The disciples knew they received the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, because they heard them speak with tongues. And then, they, then the Bible says after Peter and the disciples saw that, they commanded, that's the word the Scripture used, they commanded Cornelius and his house to be baptized, calling on the name of the Lord Jesus. In Acts chapter 19, we find believers. Paul comes to the believers. They were believers. Cornelius, by the way, was already a believer. But he had not been filled with the Holy Ghost and been baptized. Cornelius, as a believer, was praying, and an angel said, go get Peter. He'll tell you what you should do. There was something more he should do as a believer. And so in Acts 19, Paul is talking to believers. And they said, we hadn't even heard about the Holy Ghost. And Paul said, well, were you baptized? 
Why would Paul ask them that? Because he knew if they'd been baptized according to the instruction of the Lord Jesus, they would have received the Holy Ghost. They said, well, we were baptized according to John the Baptist's baptism. Well, he taught them concerning Jesus, and when they heard this, the Bible says they were baptized again. So they were rebaptized according to Scripture in the name of Jesus Christ. They had not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And when they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, they received the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says in Acts 9, they were, began to speak with tongues and prophesy. Paul asked them this question, which I would ask any believer in Acts 19. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? As a believer. So today we're going to baptize them in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why we don't baptize in titles. Titles are not a name. The power is in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And so today when we baptize Sabrina and Amber, they're going to go down in the water in the name of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus is going to wash away all of their sin. Every past, every mistake, every failure, every wrong against God. It's going to be washed by the blood. Any sin that someone's committed against them, the Lord will wash that away by the power of the blood in the name of Jesus Christ. They're going to be new. Amen? Praise God. So we're going to, when you're ready, come on. I'm excited, aren't you? Family that is here can feel free to come. I need to run a little more water in there while we can. Yeah, yeah. This one. Praise God. Come right up in there.
Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. For those that don't know uh, or may not be aware, Sister Sabrina is Sister Armenia's sister. Isn't that beautiful? And her and Sister Yesenia have been teaching a Bible study there, and so it's so great to watch what God is doing. It's a work of the Spirit of God. Amen. I'm so thankful for that. Praise God. Amen. So you are dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of us are taking off right now. We're going to, it's at noon, so I don't know what time it is right now. 11-11. So we are meeting at noon at the Rosa Campground, which is just through the Yakima Canyon past Sundown Ranch. If you go about another three or four miles on the left. If you park inside, there's a certain point where once you pull in, you got to put a little $5 fee in to park. So just know if you go past that point, you got to put your 5 bucks in. Otherwise, you get to park along the road or on this side of that sign if you're going out there. Amen. God bless you. Greet someone in Jesus' name. Amen.